0: Ladies and gentlemen, girls and boys, may I have your attention, please? Are you ready to engage in a mind-blowing experience and hear talks about life, technology, entertainment, and business? The next episode of hip to talks starts in 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1, go. Hi, everyone. Uh... Zoltan here from Hypto Talks. We're back again this week. We're still staying on blockchain because we love blockchain. And uh, today uh, I have uh, Colin Johnson, uh, CEO and co founder of Freeport. Uh, Freeport is a platform for bringing fine art and investment on chain. Uh, hi, Colin. Nice to
1: have you here. Hi, Zoltan. Appreciate you having me. Excited to be part of the podcast. All right. So before we dive into the questions, just say a few words about
0: yourself how you got started how you get ended up at free
1: co-founding freeport sure uh so before getting into freeport i was at apple for five years i managed marketing for apple cash which is on the apple pay team uh before that i was on the partnerships team there so i managed a lot of our relationships with the large issuing banks in north america so like chase wells fargo td ameritrade all those folks uh, before being at Apple, I was actually at American Express out on the East Coast, so they had a digital partnerships and development team, uh, partnered with people like Uber and Airbnb, and tried to make Amex cool for young people again. Uh, so I've been in marketing for quite a long time, I've been in digital payments for quite a long time, and I've also been very, very interested in crypto for a long time. So everything that I've done in my professional career, I've been trying to get these like large scale corporations to move more towards blockchain. Um, unsuccessfully, very frequently. So I decided that uh, I myself would like to get in and, and start a company. Um, because I think the technology is just so revolutionary, right. Uh, and if you want to build something cool today, it's kind of like AI or blockchain. Uh, so that's how we ended up here. Yeah, exactly. Or just
0: AI uh, in the past yeah. uh, few months. <laughs> right, right. All right.
1: So could you tell us more about Freeport and, and how does it work? Sure. So Freeport is a platform that lets people invest in fine art, right? But they invest in fine art in a net new way. So instead of needing hundreds of 1000s of dollars or millions of dollars to own a piece of like a Warhol or a Picasso or a Banksy or something like that, uh, what we do is we take the asset, we give it to a company, and then we issue shares in that company and people by virtue of owning shares in that company get exposure to the, the asset itself. Um, And then on top of giving people the financial exposure, so this is a real security, um, but on top of giving people the financial exposure, we're also letting people engage with the art virtually in a 3D gallery that we've created. Um, So we've got a leaderboard in there as people's collections grow, they'll they'll be getting higher scores, they'll be able to share their collections with friends, they'll be able to customize the collection. Um, So really what we're doing is combining a lot of the fun elements of Web3, where you're engaging with things artistically, with real serious investment. Right, uh, which is which is unusual, and we're doing it uh, with SEC qualification as well. So we're not just we don't have some offshore entity uh, like in the Caymans or the Bahamas or or in Singapore or something like that. Uh, it's all U.S. based. The art is is in the U.S. We store it and secure it and insure it here. Um, so we've been doing everything much more above board than you may see oftentimes in the Web three space.
0: All right, uh, and and. I do believe it's a, at a fraction of the cost, and and this is my next question too: is how do you guys help users invest in fine art and collectibles and, and still keep the
1: the cost low? Yeah, so that's that's part of the process that I alluded to a little bit, right? So we take these pieces. Let's say they cost five hundred thousand dollars or a million dollars, and the reason that you want to be investing in those pieces of fine art, by the way, is because those are the ones that do well over time. Uh, it, it turns out the more expensive a piece of art is the better it does generally, and the less likely it is to sort of reduce in value uh, with smaller scale pieces of art. It's much more volatile. It's, it's much more, um, you know, it, it's dependent upon the whims oftentimes of whether or not that, that, that smaller artist is popular, but with the large scale pieces that are blue chips that are with artists that people are familiar with, those are the ones that really tend to see uh, the primary financial gains and historically, only the very wealthy have been able to access that type of artwork, and that means access those types of gains, right? So what we're allowing people to do is, is come together collectively to purchase those pieces of art, which themselves are going um, to correlate much more with those uh, historical price uh, increases. Now, obviously, we, we can't guarantee that the price will go up on any investment, and there's speculation within art. Um, but we think you're in much better shape by investing in the art that's that's far more expensive uh, than the art that is less expensive. So we've created the technology that lets people do that, uh, starting with just a few hundred bucks. Oh, that's nice.
0: So how does blockchain technology and how how is blockchain technology used to digitalize and expand the store value of assets?
1: Sure. So one of the fundamental goals of our company. Uh, is to bring more value onto the blockchain that is currently off of the blockchain, right? And there's a lot of utility to having something on blockchain. There's increased liquidity, uh, it's publicly auditable. It's very easy to sort of create communities that are token gated and allow for different permissions when you see that someone's wallet owns owns a certain type of, of asset. Um, so we wanted to take advantage of, of all of those different benefits, right? And that's part of the reason that we decided we're going to do this on blockchain rather than do it off of blockchain. Um, there's also a lot of uh, benefit in regards to interoperability on blockchain, right? So let's say you own a share of something on ETrade, for instance, like a stock. You really just have it on ETrade's ledger and they show you that you're the owner of this share. And that's kind of the end of that value, that store of value. When you have a token in your wallet, anyone else that builds another protocol, let's say you have a competitor to to E-Trade, they can recognize that the Freeport users are owners and give them distinct types of benefits because they're an owner of, let's say, a Picasso on Freeport. So blockchain allows for this this kind of wild world that we haven't even scraped the surface of when it comes to engaging with value and interacting with value and, and sort of adding utility to value. All right, so
0: how does or democratize
1: the ownership of high-value assets? Yeah, we like to say that we pull the art off the walls of the ultra-wealthy and out of their mansions, and, and we give it to the people. That's well, not, you exactly, don't do that. <laughs> it's not exactly what's going on. Um, but basically, we source the artwork, uh, and we ensure that it has a very, very strong provenance, right? So so we're, get, we're out there. We, we actually have some early investors who are very significant art collectors themselves, um, and we ensure that we get the absolute highest quality art. Uh, Then we go through that process uh, that I mentioned before that allows people to to actually invest for far less than they would need to invest if they were purchasing uh, the entire piece of art. And then what we do is we create a virtual world where people can engage with it, right? So it's one thing to have the financial exposure, but it's another thing to actually be fulfilled by the art itself, right? To like be able to look at it. And while we can't ship it around to everyone's houses quite yet, Um, What we can do is we can recreate it virtually and make that as compelling and engaging a digital experience as we possibly can. Uh, And then at some point in the future, we don't have this locked right now, but at some point in the future, we'd like to have physical galleries as well. Uh, We're targeting New York and L.A. where people who own shares can actually come in and and view the physical thing. Um, So we've got a bunch of different ways that we're trying to, to bring the really the core elements of art ownership and investing to the broad population. Um, and we hope that it feels really good for people, right? We hope that it's a new way for people to, to feel engaged with the art and to feel like they get the financial potential of the art, uh, any well.
0: virtual, any
1: virtual reality options. You, you would be amazed at how many people have asked us about that. <laughs> um, so we are building, it is a web app and it is, it's very three-dimensional, the gallery itself right now. Um, so the way that it's designed, we could bring it into uh, like MetaQuest or, or into one of those other sort of environments. We haven't yet because we're just a startup and you have to focus on a few things at a time. But yeah, the potential is is massive, right? But what we're really starting with is uh, the investment and the financial exposure so people can really feel ownership. And then as time progresses, we're going to really spread um, the potential visual interaction uh, to be as sort of multidimensional as we possibly can.
0: All right. So let's talk about digital securities and, and how, how do digital securities
1: play a role in free ports core technology? Sure. Uh, so oftentimes people will take those who have tried to do this in the past will say, hey, we have a physical asset. Let's say we have Pokemon cards or we have baseball cards or, or, or art um, and we promise that we have it. Right. Or, or it's like a, or it's wine. Right. So you'll often see wine or like cigars or watches, things like that. Um, and you just, you won't really know this entity can oftentimes be again, so somewhere international and you don't really know for sure if they have the thing or not. Um, and then there's this other element of fractionalization, right? And fractionalization allows for multiple people to own something at once or to invest in something at once. But, uh, once you start fractionalizing things, then like, what is the organizing body that ensures that everyone maintains their rights? Right, you sort of need an operating agreement to confirm that everyone is able to uh, invest in the same way that they get paid out in the same sort of proportional way. So all of those things need to be written into some kind of a contract. Um, so when you think about the need to physically confirm that the thing is there and that there's a large group of people that are taking an action together that need to be regulated by something, um, then you start to it starts to look like a security is is what ends up happening, and the SEC. Uh, will, you know, argue, and in some cases, they're, they're very right, that a lot of tokens kind of pass the Howey test. So if it passes the Howey test, then in that scenario, what you have is effectively a security. Um, so security tokens are they, they're these things that kind of occur when you go with the Web3 ethos of tokenizing something, putting the value on chain, but then also going through the SEC regulatory process To ensure that all the proper rights are being distributed to owners in the way that they should, it takes a while. It takes a lot of effort and a lot of patience, Um, but you come out on the other side and you have something that is much more um, sort of trustworthy, right, to to the customers that are going to come and invest. All right. So, do you guys have any competitors? Yeah. So there, there are quite a few people in the space off of blockchain, right? So. Uh, masterworks is one they're sort of the most well-known for pioneering this approach of fractionalizing an asset. Um, but again, and it's, it's a very fine art, very expensive art. Um, but it's a, a very much a financialized asset. It doesn't focus on the collecting element or sort of engagement. Once you've, uh, once you've invested in the thing, um, rally road is out there. They do collectibles. They're not as art focused. Um, they're more in like the baseball cards and memorabilia. They actually do automobiles. That's why they were originally named rally road. Uh, there's a liquid marketplace. It's like a Logan Paul platform. It's up, it's Canada based, but it's also not, they haven't registered as securities. So TBD on, on the legality of that. Uh, and then I, I expect there to be other folks that get into doing this in the blockchain space. We're, we're relatively early there. But I will say the fractionalization space, like the idea of people collectively owning expensive things together, uh, has taken off over the past five or six years. Right. People want to feel like they own a piece of history, they own a piece of culture, uh, and they have unique uh, collections, even if they don't necessarily own the full thing to start, yep. right? if they, If they're just beginning their collections. So uh, I would expect to see much more of it in the near future.
0: And how is your platform different from the competitors? that's that's what interests
1: me now and and which are is the benefit it offers sure um so again you've got the financial exposure uh, that i mentioned before but then we're also trying to engage with folks once they invest so that they can enjoy the thing that they're investing in right it's not just that you have a little ticker symbol that says i've invested in this thing and i hope the price goes up over time it's that okay you now have a virtual gallery for instance that you can engage uh engage the art within right or that you can share with friends and you can have your collection be ranked amongst other collections um we're also allowing for different custom frames to come in so that you can you can make all of the pieces that you collect look unique to you um so that's the sort of visual elements we're also going to have likes and comments within that gallery by the way so people will be able to go to i might be able to go to your gallery for instance and comment on all the amazing artwork that you have there um so it'll be much more engaging on that front but then because we're also utilizing Uh, blockchain technology, and and people are going to, these are going to be real tokens on the Ethereum blockchain. It means that we can build, we're future-proofing over time, right? So when other people build experiences like Decentraland or Sandbox, and let's say we want to hang a piece of art from Freeport in Sandbox and only give access to people who have our tokens in their wallet to a certain area within Sandbox, we'll be able to do that. So, So our tokens will allow us to unlock basically unlimited future experiences as blockchain continues to grow and mature uh, and different platforms and protocols decide that they want to recognize Freeport tokens. Um, another example is uh, using smart contracts for lending, right I think a lot of people who are in the web3 space are familiar with collateralized lending there. Um, so we have plans to unlock that as well. So you could take a piece of your Picasso, stake your tokens and instantly get some USDC out into your wallet. As an example, uh, it's not a feature that we're going to have at launch to be clear, but we have the, uh, the required qualification for it. And because again, we're utilizing the token technology, as long as there's a lender out there in the DeFi space. And I promise there are a lot of people who love lending in the DeFi space. We can tap into that with smart contracts. These other platforms can never can never do that, um, or it's a much more convoluted process. Let me say to do that.
0: All right, so so you're on the right path. Yeah. In the meantime, I, I was thinking that we are going to do a session about cybersecurity in Prague, and uh, one of the experts has pointed out the fact that NFTs have not entered the gaming sphere yet, and it's it's would be interesting to get a comparison between the. NFT market and the skins in the gaming. I don't know if you're that much familiar, yeah. But this yeah, definitely yeah. will create a buzz once it gets there, and 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 there will surely be need for cybersecurity experts on blockchain
1: and uh, for smart contracts as well. Yeah, uh, for sure. Yeah, I, yeah, I was going to say there's one game called Illuvium that I've been following pretty closely. I don't know if you're familiar with it. It's it's yeah. built on Ethereum. Um, but I think they're going to be one of the leaders in the space. And it's, it's really interesting to see how ownership has gone from being very centralized and just sort of just yeah. the software developer dictates exactly what exists in the game and who can own it and how many copies there are of it to slightly less centralized, right? It's just a little bit of that power is shifting over to the users uh, and then they'll be able to actually own the assets. And I think we'll notice that over time, people will demand that more and more. Um, so absolutely, I think I think gaming is, and a lot of people are now aware of this, but gaming is going to be one of the most significant yeah. uh, use cases for, for crypto and blockchain, in my opinion.
0: Yeah, I know the hype now is AI creating art and stuff like that. But how do you think the NFTs can democratize the art market? And which opportunities this technology offers to artists?
1: Yeah, NFTs are hugely useful to artists. There's actually, if you go on crypto Twitter... Uh, There are these large populations of artists, not like the, you know, there are the PFP NFTs that just have a headshot of someone and you're part of a community. Uh, But then there are other pieces of art that are just like they're open editions or they're one of ones. And they're like photography or they're like legitimate art pieces that digital artists have created. And now they can sell them as NFTs, which is fantastic because they can put these limitations on how many there are. So scarcity drives demand. Wildly useful if you're an artist. And then additionally, you also get these ongoing revenue streams, right? So you can charge an additional like two and a half, to seven and a half, I mean, whatever percent you want, I guess, but it tends to be somewhere between two and you know a half and you know, seven and a half percent on every resale. So when someone purchases your art on OpenSea and then they sell it to someone else, you're still sort of receiving uh, the benefits yeah. from that. There, that. Some people are, uh, there's an argument as to whether or not the platforms like OpenSea or, or LooksRare or others should be requiring that those be paid those fees, but I think it's probably um, best for the artist to be able to decide. And it's again, hugely useful on that front. And the, the last piece is community building. So if you're an artist and you can see that folks own some of your other one of ones or open editions, you can market to them first or give only them early access, right? Only allow those wallets that hold some of your current artwork to purchase your net new fresh thing that everyone's super excited about, give them early access first. So you can then start to foster a community as an artist that you wouldn't be able to easily otherwise by virtue of tokens being discoverable on on blockchain. So it's like a thousand times better, frankly, for for digital artists uh, to do things on chain. Yeah, Picasso did not have this. No, No, he did not.
0: (laughs) All right. So thank you so much for your time. And if you have uh, some closing remarks that you maybe
1: like to point out or add to the, did not touch base on. Uh, No, just that, you know, people should check out freeport.app. We've got a wait list for the first collection there. Um, That'll be launching relatively soon. Again, you can get more more details on exactly what it is on the website. Um, But otherwise, it's been fantastic to be here, and I appreciate the invite.
0: Yeah, thank you so much for your time, and thank you, everyone, for joining us. Take good care. Thank you for joining. Be sure to check back next week for the next hip talks and subscribe on Amazon Music, Overcast, Spotify, Google Podcast, Apple Podcast, iHeartRadio, SoundCloud, Mixcloud, and Pandora.